Hello and welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast. I am your co-host, Nelson Lau. I'm with Monica Beach, my other co-host. Monica, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you, Nelson? Oh, I'm good. Just finished one of the restaurants from Seattle Restaurant Week. So this might be, I think, number 158 out of whatever restaurants we at. <laughs> <laughs> Over like 165. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm almost done with the checklist. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm running behind a little bit, uh, but I have to say day one, Nelson is on it. So what's going on? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. It's been a pretty busy day trying to catch up with the fam, given that you and I, again, have spent about, oh, I don't know, four days in a row together. <laughs> right. Right. Well, this is episode six. I can't believe we made it to six episodes. To everyone, thank you so much for listening. We're going to do a a little bit different on the format for this show. For us, we're going to start with events. This uh, uh, Monica, why don't you go ahead and start it off? Sure thing. Um, So the thing that I want to talk about today is Lowrider Baking Company. And for you and I, I, I'm not sure the first time that you've uh, been to Lowrider, but the first time I went to Lowrider was actually for a breakfast club. And folks have heard us talk a little bit about breakfast club in a couple of episodes. But basically, it was a meetup of food influencers that was started by uh, Connor Kaysen and Paige. Um, I can't remember Paige's last name right now. I know that's terrible. Um, Paige King. Paige King. Paige King. That's right. Um, and so she's she's also known as Seattle on the Run, and Connor is known as Find Me in Seattle. And that's how you and I met. Um, so my first experience with Lowrider Baking was at a breakfast club at Citizen Coffee, where Lowrider Baking was. So Emily Allport, the owner of Lowrider Baking Company, is getting ready to make some permanent roots in Georgetown Trailer Park Mall. So for the last year and a half. She's been doing pop-ups and making appearances at farmer's markets all over the area, including Burien, Issaquah, Mercer Island, South Lake Union, Saturday Market. I think uh, one of my favorite flavors is birthday cake. And let me tell you, Nelson, I don't even like birthday cake, um, but I love this cookie. Have you tried it? I have had birthday cake. I'm surprised. You don't like birthday cake at all? You don't go to Cold Stone back in the day and they had like this birthday cake mix and for their ice cream no i'm all about chocolate all the time oh i prefer i like the birthday cake i'm a birthday cake fan yeah and so that's why i'm saying like speaking as someone who doesn't even like birthday cake i remember the first time that i tried it at that breakfast club and i have to tell you now even though i still don't like birthday cake when i see them that's one of the top three cookies that i'll pick out and buy and so they're going to have uh monthly rotating flavors which is really exciting and according to seattle met you can find their cookies at burian press sugar soda fountain at pike place market in their norma jean sunday and burian and mercer islands farmer markets as well yeah the blondies the blondies at sugar's sugar fountain <laughs> let me say that three times is <laughs> you- <laughs> The blondies that they make from the Lowrider Baking Company, it's so good. If you guys are ever at Shug's, there's there's Sundays and there's tons of other things, but I highly recommend getting that Norma Jean with the blondies. That's really, really on point. The seasonal flavors, because I live in Issaquah and I always go to the Issaquah Farmer's Market and I see Emily and Lowrider, they have some really good seasonal flavors. And back in August, they had some really interesting flavors like the Nutella double chocolate. Mm. And they also had one with a raspberry filling. And I think like a month before, they had a pineapple strawberry filling in their cookies too. I missed that one. Yeah, I missed that one too. And I was kind of (laughs) bummed that I didn't get a chance to get that one. So I'm hoping she brings back some of those flavors and i think there's another one is the pillow mint and she based it off of those like andy's mints that 
hotels used to leave on their pillow. It's a unique story. And that was the first time I heard it when we went to her first pop-up at Citizen. Yeah, I remember that story. And I think for our listeners who haven't tried any of their cookies, the, some of the flavors Nelson's talking about are actually stuffed cookies. So you sort of have like a cookie exterior and then it's really packed with flavor in the middle, a sort of sandwich in, inside the cookie. And so when you sort of slice them, you get these great colors and flavors and textures going through them. Yeah, definitely get all of those. <laughs> all right. Well, I have, Monica, one thing. We don't, I don't know much about it. I've just heard a lot of buzz on Facebook and also Instagram. Cinnamon rolls. How do you feel about cinnamon rolls? I love cinnamon rolls and I try not to eat them very often because, um, you know, they're so healthy and everything. <laughs> but I do love them. When I lived in Maple Valley, there used to be the Black Diamond Cafe. There's the next city over and they had the biggest cinnamon rolls with like the cream cheese frosting i swear you could have eaten like four breakfasts with just one cinnamon roll oh my gosh but anyway (laughs) let's bring it back to seattle let's bring it back to seattle (laughs) have you been to skillet for brunch though when they serve that huge cinnamon roll it's like the size of a plate no no oh my gosh so skillet well before skillet ballard was gone and i'm sure they actually do it at the other skillets but they serve this cinnamon roll on the weekends for brunch that's literally the size of a plate and even with like three or four people sharing i don't think we've ever gotten through that thing oh i don't even know if i want to order that That sounds like too much cinnamon roll (laughs) it's like okay can you get can you get maybe like half of that i don't know (laughs) Okay. No, it's- but I do want to try. I should when we go to scale it with a group. I should I should try that out and see if I can get it though. So. But speaking of Capitol Hill, because there's a skillet up in Capitol Hill, mm-hmm. there's a new shop called Cineholic that's having their grand opening on Friday, October 26th, and they're coming to Capitol Hill. And according to their Facebook page, as I mentioned, in celebrating their grand opening, they will be serving up delicious cinnamon rolls for only one dollar. Monica, this Friday, it's going to be a dollar cinnamon rolls at Cineholic. I also want to let you know, Cineholic urges people to get there early because obviously it's a promotion for a dollar. Everybody loves close to free food. So Monica, the promotion is from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. If you miss the promotion, the promotion is only four hours. The store will still be open until 10 p.m. if you want to stop in later and check it out. Looking at the Facebook page, Monica, they're starting to put up pictures of different creations. Mm-hmm. It looks like you can basically customize your cinnamon roll with whatever different toppings you want. Toppings like, um, is it maybe like nuts or different kinds of icing or yeah. like cereal? Like, what is it? I it's I think that's pretty much. If you go on their Facebook page, you'll see different combinations of like macadamia nuts or chocolate sauce or different types of ways to just dress up your cinnamon roll. Mm, that sounds delicious. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm wondering if, I bet you they already have pre-made toppings, combinations that will marry well too is mm-hmm. on the on their menu, but we'll, I'm going to be there on Friday and I'm going to see what <laughs> they got. Really? Well, you know, I, I love am. lines. I love lines so much. <laughs> I and know you love those lines. On, so they make it totally worth it, right? <laughs> yeah. I know you love those lines. So I, I will do. I will be in one for you in a spirit. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I got that work thing again. In fact, this is like worse. Like I'm moving offices that day. I like actually moving my space that day. I will try to represent both of us there then. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> well, that's all we got for this upcoming week. There's not that many things going on because Halloween is coming up. And I realize this coming weekend is the weekend before Halloween. And we didn't talk really much about 
Halloween parties and events or anything like that because there's so many restaurants and bars that are doing Halloween themed events. So what I would suggest is go to your local watering hole or local restaurants and, and bars and just see what's going on. No, that sounds like a perfect plan, Nelson. I mean, if we were to try to talk about every event that we're going on in town, like we'd never get through it. And I think Halloween is just one of those events where I think people like to stay near their home. I mean, it's a late night. Um, if they have kids, it's a school night, right? Um, you want to be safe when you're out there celebrating the special holiday. Are you a big Halloween fan, Monica? I am and I'm not. Um, it's it's sort of strange. I mean, uh, as a child, I sort of was in and out on Halloween a little bit. And I'm sort of that way as an adult as well. Some years I'm really into it and some some years I'm not. And I think I've passed that on to my offspring because he's sort of the same way too. Um, what about you? I've told so many people this story because this is my shtick about Halloween. I am such a procrastinator when it comes to Halloween costumes. It's, it is <laughs> literally, if there's a party at 10 p.m., I'm getting I'm getting my costume at like 930, 9.30 <laughs> ready before I head out. And I always tell myself, okay, August, start preparing to get a costume. September, order your costume. And then all of a sudden, it's <laughs> October 31st, 8 p.m. I was like, crap, what am I going to be? I was like, should I, just, should I just stay at home so I don't have to figure out a costume? <laughs> that, is, that is pretty much how every year goes for Hall when it comes to Halloween. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and move on. So let's talk about... I feel like we're really laughing tonight. That's okay. That's okay. So as I mentioned at the beginning of our episode, we're kind of doing everything in reverse because we want to talk about the events to get, to get through that. But we also want to tell you what we've been doing the past week. We've gone to a lot of events together and we've been really blessed to be invited to a lot of celebrations and media events. And we just kind of want to tell people about the things that we've been doing. And you might have seen it in our story, but we're just going to do a quick recap. Sounds great. Yeah. So the first one we went to was last Friday and it was at Pike Brewing Company in Pike Place Market. And they were doing their 29th anniversary. We had the pleasure to join Pike Brewing Company in Pike Place Market and celebrate 29 years of Pike Brewing beer and a new package design and can release. So they just recently redid a, their logos and they look pretty cool. Uh, for their beers, the Kilt Lifter, the Space Needle IPA, Pike IPA, and Monk's Uncle had their logos all redesigned. The logo is created by co-founder Charles Finkel. For people that don't know what the new logo is, it's basically a big star and a P coming out for Pike Brewing Company. So, Monica, we got to go to the party, and essentially it was a happy hour and had lots of beer, live music. There were lots of good food out on the tables. They basically infused the the beer into the foods and they had pretty much foods on the menu like pork meatballs with their monks uh, uncle garlic sauce rockport oysters from penn cove washington with space needle ipa mignonet and they also had cupcakes by bell's pastries and they infused beer into the into the filling and there was a banana caramel and an extra brute chocolate cupcake. Monica, I think the banana caramel was my favorite between those two. You know, I didn't get to try the banana caramel and I regretted it so much after I left. Oh, it was so um, good. I... It was so, so good. <laughs> I think I had three of those and Monica, I don't even like cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't like cupcakes. Well, what's funny is I think all those beers got to me. So I know you like I wasn't carrying a beer around, but I was tasting them. And so with Kilt Lifter, 
I absolutely know why it's called that yeah. now. <laughs> uh, that one is really strong. It's really strong. I think that was my favorite beer too. And according to one of the Pike Brewing reps, it's twelve percent alcohol. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no wonder you're think, no wonder you're feeling it after a couple. <laughs> I know I was feeling it. So I think for me, the Pike IPA is more my style. Um, but now the name really makes sense for Kilt Lifter. Um, but what was going on is um, I stayed away from the whiskey because I thought that wasn't a great idea. But definitely tried a couple of their beers, just little shots. And so for me, I think I just forgot to try a couple of things. Um, and one of those was the banana caramel cupcake from Bell's. And familiar with Bell's Pastries, uh, she, Bell herself, is a network winner. And I think it was um, season three of uh, Halloween Cupcake Wars, I think, is what she won. And she's been on a number of different shows there. But I did try the Extra Brute chocolate cupcakes. And so as we talked about, I'm a huge chocolate fan. And so I couldn't pass those up. And that went straight into my mouth. Bell's, I love seeing her stories on Instagram. <laughs> Because she's always doing classes and everybody's making macaroons. And it was just, I was mm-hmm. like, man, they all look so pretty. Maybe I should take a class. <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should take a class. <laughs> <laughs> see what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, see what's going on. No, for sure. I mean, I think all her participants look like uh, they're having a lot of fun. And I think that really speaks to her personality as well. Um, I've never met her in person, but I've interacted on Instagram with her a lot. And, and I think that's a big thing. It's not just cooking. It's cooking that's fun that people can relate to and a personality that sort of just brings people together. Yeah. Another thing that happened this past week, Monica, we just did a food crawl with a bunch of foodie Instagrammers and friends. We happened to be in Georgetown and we ended up having brunch at Brother Joe in Georgetown. Tell us what you thought of the place. I really had no expectations. I actually hadn't heard of it. I don't get to Georgetown very often. I do know that when I got there, the space was really familiar because I had actually been to that space before when it was a different business. Um, So I just was completely open and had no idea what it'd be like. And I don't know about you, but uh, the food was pretty tasty. Uh, you and I both had the same thing, which was the smoked brisket hash, which was uh, smoked beef brisket with caramelized onion and peppers, hash browns, pumpkin seed vinaigrette, and a poached egg. Um, I thought the brisket was braised really, really well. What do you think? Yeah, I really liked my hash. It was it was really good. There was a lot of brisket. I'm not going to lie to you. There was a <laughs> There's a lot of times you'll get like, oh, I'll get the brisket hash and they probably give you like maybe an ounce. Potatoes. Yeah. It's like <laughs> they fill up the, the hash is like all potatoes and all yeah. all other ingredients like onions and caramelized onions. And you get like half an ounce of like brisket. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but it said brisket hash. They should have just called it hash. hash. <laughs> Vegetable hash yeah. sprinkled with brisket is what most people should call yeah, it. That's what but I do. agree. Um, I'm pretty sure you and I were sitting next to each other as well. Um, and I'm pretty sure we both had meat sweats again. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of food. Like I think almost to the point that as I'm working through the, the brisket hash, I was, I was like, this is so much. I should just eat all the brisket. Just leave the, the leftover, the rest behind and we should call it good. <laughs> That's what I did too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's funny though is as good as that hash was, I actually don't think it was the best dish that we had on the no, table that wasn't. day. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't. There were two other dishes that were really good. Emerald City Eater got biscuits and gravy and that biscuit was like really light and fluffy. Mm-hmm. I, it, I came in with like no expectations and 
then all of a sudden people go like, whoa, <laughs> I had to agree that biscuit was really good. Yeah, no, for sure. When he said that it was good, I just kind of looked at him and just kind of gave him a look. He goes, no, really try it. And and I agree with you, like that biscuit was just had the perfect texture outside and was so tender inside. But then that gravy, I mean, you could, when I brought a forkful up to my mouth, before it even hit my mouth, I could smell the herbs in it. I could smell the fennel. Um, and I put it in my mouth and I'm all, oh my gosh, like the combination of the sausage gravy and the biscuit was just fantastic. And, you know, I was trying to be polite. So I just kind of didn't try to eat any more of his food, but, you know, cause there were other people there, but if it was just us, I think I would have ate more of his. Food. <laughs> <laughs> the other one we also, I also liked was the fluffy cakes and yeah. they call it's considered a play on their pan on normal pancakes. But these things were thick. I mean, they were like an inch and a half thick of just pancake batter and whatever it is. But not your grandma's pancakes. And they serve with maple syrup and fresh berries and a whip. And I thought this was, this kind of felt like almost a deconstructed pancake, I guess that's what mm -hmm. you can call it. So, but I thought it was really good. And it's just, it's so beautiful. I think by far it's one of the most Instagrammable things that was on the table that day. Yeah. And just the cake itself was really fluffy and not overly sweet and light. And, and just the entire plating technique was beautiful yeah, it, as well. And, and just the pops of color. I mean, just it's details like that, you know, I mean, again, like I had no expectations going into this place, hadn't even really looked at pictures of the food and was really taken aback by plating presentation and overall composition of the ingredients. Yeah, and you love the receipt because the receipt looks so pretty. <laughs> just don't pretend like you don't like the receipt either. I swear I saw you taking a picture of the receipt as well. It is. All right? It's a logo of their rhino on the receipt, and it says Brother Joe. And I don't know how they – whatever the printer they're using to print the receipts, it's in the printer paper. It just looks really nice. But anyway, enough about not talking about – that's our – that's our segment on non-food in the Seattle Foodie Podcast. <laughs> All right, Monica, let's bring it home with one more event we did. One more event. So last Thursday, uh, you and I actually had a pretty full day just going from event to event to event. Uh, the one that we opened our evening with was Nutty Squirrel Gelato in Magnolia. And for that event, uh, we had a special preview of Nutty Squirrel and Fainting Goat Gelato. For those of you who don't know, are actually uh, the same company and are joining forces to release a new menu. And the new menu doesn't just include gelato, which is already good, uh, flavors for the holidays and beyond, but they're going to start baking. And we got to try croissants, pan au chocolate, tiramisu, panna cotta, macarons, lava cakes, and so, so much more. We also got to spend time with some foodie influencers and a few VIPs. And there were lots of kids there. And that was really kind of fun, too, because it's not that adults can't enjoy gelato. I just think that there's nothing like watching a bunch of kids sitting there eating gelato um, after a soccer game or after school. And I feel like that really lightened up the event a lot. Yeah, I totally have to agree with you. It's ice cream and gelato and anything sweets kid kids it's all about kids that do that stuff mm -hmm. i mean yeah. we're other than, we're foodies and we're instagram influencers too and we like going to do that to take pictures it's when you it's when the family goes out and gets gelato that's that's the type of thing that that's so great and that's that's what what i really loved about having people that weren't over that were under 21 
attending these this media event. For sure. And I think it rubbed off on our foodie crew. Uh, because if you look at some of the pictures and some of the stories from all of us, I mean, definitely, there are some folks who have ice cream running down their hands, um, who are very playful in, in terms of how we're eating dessert and, and fooling around and just overall lightheartedness. And I think that uh, is what we're talking about when we're talking about the Seattle food scene and the influencers and businesses. It's all of that coming together together to celebrate all that is Seattle. And, and so I thought that was a really great experience. Yeah, it was just a fun time. What was the some of your favorite things that you ate at that at this event? I have to say that I am generally not a fan of sorbettos because we've kind of talked about how I like chocolate. So chocolate and some peanut butters and Nutella's heavier, creamier flavors are the things that I gravitate towards, even though I'm lactose intolerant. Um, but that night, I actually decided to try the sorbetto with Pellegrino and I chose the tangerine and the red raspberry agave. Yeah. And I have to tell you, Nelson, that tangerine just blew me away. I mean, I couldn't stop raving about it. It was like you peeled a tangerine and you were eating it. Like the, the, the flavor was so intense and so real. I mean, clearly nothing artificial about it. And somehow uh, Tolga, the gelato master and owner just managed to just bring it to life. Yes. I'm a big sorbet fan, so I don't know what you're talking about. You're missing <laughs> out because there's so many good sorbets. But the tangerine was pretty epic. I mean, I, I really mm -hmm. liked it. I also like the stracciatella too, because I'm just a mm -hmm. I'm just in general a, a chocolate chip type of chocolate. There's just something about chocolate and vanilla mixed together as the base. Mm -hmm. There were some amazing creations. Ice cream sandwiches. You could have done you could have done it with the cookies that they had, but they literally opened up a croissant and put two scoops of your gelato of choice. And I was like, this is, that was the most epic ice cream sandwich. Is it like a uh, gelato croissant taco? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know where the taco comes from, but just gelato croissant just sounds, just sounds. <laughs> gelato croissant sounds better. Yeah, yeah. Nutty Squirrel was just really gracious. They basically said, please check out and try whatever you'd like. And there, so there was tiramisus, there were panna cottas, there were raspberry cheesecakes and a pistachio horn, which is similar to like a cannoli, but mm -hmm. way better. I mean, I, I didn't order a specific thing. I pretty much had a spoon and I just walked all around just trying everybody's desserts. <laughs> I was like, if I, I, I if I ordered everything, I would not feel well because I ate so much sugar. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And we had a long night ahead of us anyway. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of people that attended this event at Nutty Squirrel, we actually interviewed one of the uh, people that we brought along with us to this event. And Kosa, aka Fork Deep, is tonight's guest. Monica, our interviews are usually supposed to be about 10 to 15 minutes it's a, it's a lot of good banter, but Kosa's energy and personality, I think we literally talked about 22 minutes. So for all you listeners, if you want to listen at one and a half speed and go ahead and listen to it a little bit faster so you can get through this episode, because we talk about a lot of stories about her cooking and a lot of other things, and she's just a big, bright personality. Let's go ahead and head on to the interview with Kosa, a.k.a. Forky. <laughs> All right, everyone, I'm here with Fork Deep. Hello. 
I don't know how to pronounce your name because I just butchered it like just two seconds like ago. Like so how do you? basically. How do you, yeah. it's, it's cool. Um, so my name's Nkosa Zana Bombada because my parents are weird. Okay. Um, but I'm born and raised in Maryland. Uh-huh. So like if everybody I meet is like, oh, you're African. And I have to disappoint them and be like, no, I'm actually from Baltimore. So I apologize. <laughs> it's, it's a whole thing. Um, I've been going through this my whole life. So Kosa. Kosa. Kosa is what I go by. Unless you feel like you have the courage to go for it and not butcher it, then I'm down for that too. But Kosa, yeah. that works. Okay. Yes. Usually, like I said, I usually introduce you, but I was just like, I can't, I'm going to butcher this. I'm yeah, just like, it's, I get it. Like I was a kid in class that like when they read roll, like back in the day or whatever, mm-hmm. and they would just start because my name was at the top. Yeah. They'd be like, and this is, and I just raised my hand like, you know what? It's me. <laughs> um, just go ahead. Kosa's good for the rest of the year. Like, mm-hmm. we're good, and then we would keep it pushing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, my middle name is a Chinese. My parents gave me a Chinese middle name to, like... But are you Chinese? I am Chinese. It counts. But, okay, it's different. <laughs> so, so, I'll use my middle name as um, for telemarketers, so they can ah, just, like... Yes. So, it was like, is Nelson here? And I was like, no, Yuming's here. And I was just like, oh... And then they hang up. And then they up. hang up. That's and they just like they just don't. So I was like, oh, I must have gotten the wrong number. And oh, just like, I love it. I should start yeah. doing that. <laughs> but they they always just call and then just butcher my name, and I'm just like, I'm in a meeting. Can I call? Yeah, you back? No, that's that's good too. Yeah, so. like I'm in a meeting. I can't. No. And how did they get your number anyway? How did you get my number? No, oh. not how I got your number. I know how I got your number. <laughs> how do telemarketers get your number? Like they sell oh, it? Oh, um, I don't know. They probably. Yeah, it's random. Before, it used to be like my cell phone didn't, nobody used to to get the number. Then all of a sudden, it's like, how are you getting my Everyone's number? Everyone's calling, right? Yeah, and I don't put my number down for anything. Well, I don't know, other than like Free stuff. hot mails and stuff <laughs> like that, like, like emails and stuff like that, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Like, they find a way, and I just block the caller. It's so. just so irritating. Like, I had this, I, this is probably not related to this podcast at all. <laughs> no. But anyway, I had this person call me like, from the East Coast, because I still have an East Coast number, because I'm from Maryland, like, every day at, like, 7 a.m. our time, uh-huh. which I'm just like, bro, like, who are you? <laughs> like, Stop. why are you calling so yes. early? <laughs> like, if you really want something, you would never call somebody before, like, 10, uh, 10 a.m. Uh, true. Like, true. I'm not a human before I totally 10 agree. Totally agree with it's, you. It's foolish, but okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was super tangent. No worries. <laughs> this is the best intro ever. I love it. I love it. This is why I wanted to interview Kosa. Fork deep, just it like you've got such a great personality, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have such a great time interviewing you. It's gonna be so much fun. And we're <laughs> already excited. three minutes. We're already three minutes into it. And we haven't even talked about food yet, I so know. this is perfect. It's about to be hella long. It's you know? <laughs> so good. Hella long. So how long have you lived in the Seattle area? I've been here since 2015, so for about three years. Three now. years. Okay. So roughly three so, years now. So you got a good handle on all the food now and stuff like that. <gasps> Sort of. So, okay. okay, so that's basically how the whole Fork Deeps thing started, yeah. right? So I only started it, like, a little less than a year ago, October 17th of, like, 2017. So okay. I'm coming up on a year. I'm very excited. Yeah. Looking at, like, doing some year celebration things. Awesome. I don't know what that's going to be. Like 1K giant cookie or something like that? Or, like, know. a donut? Like a donut that's, like, You know what? I kind of want one of those. Okay. I would just want a big photo of like a taco yeah and i want to like go around with this big like you know those what are those fat heads yeah i know what you're talking about get like a fat head of a taco and then go take pictures with like hella people and i just 
okay, that's the only thing. That's, that's the only thing you think. That's a good. That's, that's literally <laughs> it. Or like a giveaway because everybody does giveaways. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I could give something away, but I don't know what I want to give no, away. No, I like the I like the taco thing. I like the taco sign idea. I that really just cool. want a big like. I just I just want a big photo of a taco. Like I just don't even know where that came <laughs> from. Yeah. But in my head, like in my soul, I feel like a big photo of a taco walking around in the streets mm-hmm. of Seattle is probably more epic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so um, started last year, but I've been here for about three years now. Mm-hmm. And I love food, eat food, cook food. I love baking and just everything that revolves around it. And I think that a lot of times when you're with people, like great things happen around food, especially right. in my community and stuff like that. And culturally speaking, like all of the important things are happen like either around eating or you're about to eat yes. or you remember what you were eating or smelling in your grandma's house when XYZ happened. Right. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Okay. So when I moved here, like I, I don't know anybody that lived here or whatever, um, made friends. That was exciting. But I would have friends come visit me because most of my friends are on the East Coast and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. when they would come visit, they'd be like, oh, where do you want to, you know, because I'm the food person, right? Yeah. So they would always be like, oh, Kosa, where are we going to eat? Like, where are we brunching today? And then I would sit there and, like, have to pull out Yelp yeah. and, like, have to Google some stuff, like, right before they came. Like, oh, damn. Like, I have no idea. Right. But they're asking me these questions that, like, when I lived at home, I had all the answers, yeah. right? Like, Marilyn, oh, you need to do this on Tuesdays. And then you get $2 tacos from this spot, but you can only go there on the third Thursday of the month. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... I love that. I love that. Because I like to be in the nose. Like, yes. oh, okay. It's yes. dollar tacos here today. It's like, yes. I'm going to go here. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, I knew those things. But then I moved here. And I don't know, I didn't know those things. So I was just like, you know what? I spend enough money on food anyway. So I might as well document it. And then it will help me find a place to take people. And um, when when someone asks me these questions, like, I will officially have the answers. And if Mm -hmm. I don't have the answers, it will give me an opportunity to go out, experience these places, and then be like, well, you know what? We tried this one spot. I hated it. Let's not do that again. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, that's basically why it started, but it's been good so far. I yeah. like it. Good. It's fun. So what are some of your go-to places? Like, what do you... <sighs> it depends yeah. on how I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, so, hands down, brunch spot that I love is very far. It's in um, Fremont. Okay. Rock Creek Seafood and Spirit. Yes. I love it. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, literally... Um, I've really contemplated on locking myself in the um, bathroom when mm-hmm. they change service <laughs> and then, like, coming back out. But I was going to, like, put on a hat or something. So yeah. I couldn't look different. <laughs> I went there for my birthday for happy hour, and I was just, like, so blown away. Like, it's... I had this, like, crudite that was, like, unbelievable. It's amazing. And there was, and they also had a bruschetta that was just, like, filled with mussels. It was just, like, like a, Ten muscles just on top of it. I'm Everything just like, is oh so my good. Goodness. I had so I've gone there. Like I went for my birthday brunch. I think last year we went for a birthday brunch, mm-hmm. and I mean they have like these orange scented cinnamon rolls, which you have to get in early because they sell out. Yeah. Um. They used to do. I don't know if they do it anymore, but they used to do like a Sunday. Um, hip-hop brunch okay so they will like straight up have a dj like on because they're two levels so they uh-huh. would have a dj like on the first floor like 
old school hip hop like nice. 90s. Like nice. before, you know, before music started the crumb. Why do you say old school? That that's like my that's like my type of hip hop. Exactly. Because like, you know this new stuff, man. These kids these days. <laughs> just, it's sad when I'm like I'm listening to Cube ninety three and I'm just like Oh, we're going to old school, and then all of a sudden they playing Fifty Cent, and I'm just like, man, this is still on my yeah. playlist on my iPod. I'm yeah, just, this is what I iPhone. listen to when I work out. Yeah, in the club. In the club. By Fifty Cent. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, any other restaurants you you um, go to? So yeah, definitely Rock Creek Seafood and Spirits. Um, for just basically anything. Mm-hmm. I like. Oh my gosh. I have to think about it. Oh, Happy Hour. Mm-hmm. This is gonna sound kind of cheesy. No. But Duke's Happy Hour. Yes. Okay. It's Cheney, and you know sometimes you just hate chains, right? But I lie to you now. Like every time I go to Happy Hour, I don't know how I end up spending over a hundred dollars. It's me and a friend. <laughs> okay. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, listening to this podcast, I do not go by myself. I am not that much of an alcoholic, but okay. <laughs> I do end up spending, because you see everything, and their happy hour menu is extensive, Yeah, and it's just like, you have to have it all. Okay. So, like, I get, like, three drinks, because it's, like, five bucks, six yeah. bucks, and they're good, and then I get basically all of the appetizers. They have this chicken, what is it called? It's, like, this grilled chicken burger with, like, bacon and nitrate-free bacon <laughs> and, like, white cheddar Tillamook cheese yeah. and, like, just all these. It's hella ball. Okay. Okay. So, there for happy hour. And then I would have to think of another spot that I would like to go to. But right now, it's evading me. I might have wrote it down somewhere. Yeah. the My friend loves Duke's Chatterhouse. It's so good. And we went before a movie and their, their crab cake that they had. Yes. And we were... And we were just at an event, the East, the Seattle Magazine East Side Restaurant event, and they were like serving up those like same crab, cake. crab cakes. Oh, they don't they take their crab cakes seriously. I know, and I'm just like, can I eat like ten of them? Ten of them because these things cost these things cost like real money, like eight dollars a piece. I'm just right. like, I don't, I don't. And I'm a Marylander, like, so we take our crab cakes like yeah. we. I I I I lie to you not. Like when I go to places and they say they have crab cakes on a menu, I kind of like scoff at them like how dare you think mm-hmm. you have crab cakes on your menu these are fake <laughs> these are real crab cakes but the difference is like duke's crab cakes they don't try to like perpetrate a maryland crab cake which okay. i appreciate yeah because it's, it's a different Se- it's it's seattle versus maryland you I can't know. can't do that so maryland we t- we basically take say hey mr crab come here get in this cake form uh-huh. and just put a whole bunch of like jumbo lump crab meat and then you like season it up you have to have obey because because yep. life, and then you <laughs> broil it for like a hot second. Uh-huh. Boom, crab cake. Yeah. But here they're like, you know, we have some Dungeness crab meat. We're gonna go ahead and fry this up a little crispy so you can enjoy it. Like and they put like panko crust to try to like change try it to up. Like, yeah, modify it and yeah. everything, and like try to fancy it up a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not like when I think crab cake, I think Maryland style because. I'm classically conditioned like a Pavlov's dog and stuff like yeah. that. But this one, it was like, okay, it's different enough for me to actually enjoy it mm-hmm. and not be like, you're perpetrating. <laughs> so I enjoy uh, it. Speaking of Maryland, so is there something, now now that you've lived in Seattle for like three years, is there something like, man, I wish I, wish Mar- I, wish I had this, or I miss this from Maryland? Like, What do I miss from Maryland? Honestly, so... Culturally speaking, I feel like is 
very diverse on the East Coast. Okay. Like, it's a little bit of everybody. Like, more diverse? I, I, I thought the West Coast would be more diverse. Really? Yeah. No. I feel like, because it's like the DMV, right? But I'm from Baltimore, because <laughs> we have to make that clear distinction. Yeah. But the DMV has, like, a little bit of everybody. Uh-huh. Like, you can go to a neighborhood where it's, like, just straight up, like, West African people. You can go to a neighborhood where it's straight up East African people. You have, like, all different type of Latinos. Right. All different type of, like, Asians, um, different type of Caucasians, like, yeah. like Slovakian and like German and Russian. And like, it's kind of, it's like a really big melting pot uh-huh. here. Um, I've never fell in love with so many Asian foods until I moved here. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I, they do have a lot of like Asian foods and different type of ba- foods and stuff like that in Maryland. Yeah. But I think here, because it's such a larger population that, you get to actually delve in the like Vietnamese or Korean or this, this and that. Like it's right. really, really cool right. and stuff like that. But there it's kind of like a little bit of everybody, Everything. Okay. which I miss. There was this one place in um, Laurel where I had lived out of college called Sardi's. And it's a, per- it's like a Peruvian chicken spot. Okay. It's kind of fast food, but you see somebody's abuela back there, like handling her business <laughs> Okay, and then there it's like a rotisserie chicken, and they have like all the sides, which are like they have rice, of course, beans, of course, but then they have like plantains, and then they have like cabbage, they have some type of they have salmon, like they just have all these things and all these different type of sauces that go with it. Yeah. If I were to say that I missed one spot, it would probably be Sardi's. Okay. I would have to bring that back. Because yeah. I have I don't know where I can find Peruvian chicken here. There's a, I was just with a friend, um, two foodie friends, San Fernando chicken. That's, uh, San chicken. yeah, that's off of, it's, you take the Rainier Avenue North exit and it's just right off of that, I know right where, off there. I know where the exit is. Yeah. Uh, Big Chicky is also good in Columbia City. That's, a, that's another place that I, I tend to get my rotisserie chicken at too as well. Mm-hmm. So those two places are probably the ones that, like pop into my head. Yeah. I like those. I'd have to. I have to try them out and All see right. how. I'll take you. I'll, I'll take you there. Okay. I'll take you there, and we'll try it. We'll check it out. Okay. It's probably not as good as Sardi's, but I'm just but Sardi's like, but is just like little hole in. A, it's. I mean, well, San Fernando's just the same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Those are the best places. Yeah, they yeah. are the best places Absolutely. for me. That is. Yeah. So, the cooking. cooking. You say you like to bake. I do. So what are you gonna bake for me? Like what? What are some what are some good things that like that you're like? Oh my gosh! I love to bake. Like, so I like I I started baking before I started cooking. Like okay. believe it or not, like my mom and my grandma <clears> used to always cook, and of course you like watch them do it. But then you ask your grandma for a recipe, and she's like a little bit of this, <laughs> a little bit of that, and then you just go ahead and throw some. And I'm just like grandma, like that's not helpful, man. <laughs> so. I started baking because it was, I have like, it, it was more scientific mm-hmm. in a sense. Like you, it had exact measurements, you know, exactly how long to do this for, what to look for. Like it was easy for me to learn and read a recipe and understand. So I started that before I learned how to like really, really cook. Yeah. But baking, I make a mean like carrot cake cupcake. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I do. Keep going. <laughs> just like, this it's, sounds it's good. It's a carrot cake cupcake, and then it has, of course, it has a cream cheese icing, and then I have candy um, pecans, and I put the candy pecans on top, and then I make some um, homemade, like, caramel sauce, uh-huh. and then I, like, just drizzle caramel. Yeah. It's basically diabetes, but <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> 
good. So like, and I had to stop baking so much because I didn't, I like cooking because I like feeding people, right? Mm -hmm. But then, you know, people are trying to be all healthy these days and stuff like that. So, like, I would just be the person eating a 12-cupcake thing, and then I'd be, like, feel terrible after I ate all of them basically alone. But whatever. (laughs) Um, But I couldn't let them go to waste. Yeah. I just spent three hours making these damn things. (laughs) (laughs) So, carrot cake cupcakes. I do a sweet potato pie cupcake for Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, like, a marshmallow fluff icing. It's yeah. really, really good. I do um, brown butter chocolate chip cookies. Oh, my gosh. So then your whole house just, when you brown the butter, it's like all this nutty amazingness. Yeah. Oh. So it's really good. See, here's the thing. Like, I'm Chinese. So, like, I'm sorry, but Chinese don't do desserts well. We just oh, don't do no. desserts well. We just, it's like red bean. I'm just like, and there's like this, this dark black color, you know, dark, dark color of red bean soup. I'm just like, man. But is it good, though? It's good, but I'm just like, it's not like Man, brown just, butter chocolate chip cookies good. I mean, I feel like you just throw some sugar good. in it and it's probably fine. I know, but it's just like, it's just, I don't know. And it's like, if I feel like they haven't mastered it. And so they just kind of just, it's just kind of dessert is like to the wayside a little bit. We're just kind of like, we're just going to focus on other things. Instead. Yeah, but y'all do everything so well. No, but I mean, just, can you give somebody else something else? Like, okay, you don't do desserts well. That gives people a little time to just come in there and do desserts well. Y'all do everything just, well, man. You just got to you gotta yeah, let I think go. that's the reason why, like, at the end of, like, Chinese restaurants, they give you orange slices because you're just like, you're we don't full. care. <laughs> no. You need to be rolled out of there no, by the time you you're need, done. But you need to have, like, some sort of dessert. That's what, that's almost like Chinese restaurants is like, it's, I mean, we do, we do tofu. I mean, we do sweet tofu, tofu, sweetened tofu. I'm just like, okay, I guess, you know, I guess that's, that's something. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But I do like, so desserts are my thing. Um, I like to make, for cooking, like, I make really good pastas. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite is like, it's this occasion shrimp fettuccine pasta that I do. And then, because pastas can come in big batches and it doesn't take long to make. Yeah. But then when you make it, everyone's like, Oh my goodness, this is so good. Especially if you like make your noodles from scratch. Yeah. Which for the love of appliances, I'm trying to convince myself not to buy a pasta maker. Even though I really want one and I know how to make pasta from scratch. Mm-hmm. But I have no more room on my counter. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be pointless to buy a pasta maker. Mm-hmm. This is what I tell myself every time I go to my Amazon cart and almost yeah. click buy. <laughs> so that and then I like to make um I do a good, like, what is it? Mm, it's like a maple glaze salmon. I do a okay. good maple glaze salmon. Man, you're making me hungry. So. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of the show, yeah, right? To exactly. tell people, like, all of the amazing food, not necessarily that I make or you make, but that we've eaten. Yeah. So that's exciting. All right. We've gone a little bit longer oh, so, no. than normal. But uh, to end a couple things, two more questions. Out of t- If you have friends from out of town or... Where are some new? Where are we eating? So, where are some new places you think our listeners should go and try? Friends from out of town, Citizen Six Cider, yeah, off the Elliot, okay, in Queen Anne. All right, um, in the summer, okay. And the winter is nice. Don't get me wrong, but summers in Seattle are epic, right? Mm-hmm. So we're taking. You're coming in, like May, June, July. We're going to Citizen Six Cider when they open their back patio. Okay. We're going to do a cider flight. 
It's all like right. $13. I all of it. their ciders are made in-house. They're on tap. You get six different ones, and they rotate seasonally. Mm-hmm. And then it's in this cute little tray, and you get to like see on the chalkboard wall which ones you're tasting. Yeah. We're doing a cider flight and two orders of wings. Two orders of wings. Period. Okay. Because their wings are like... They're like love. Okay. I don't. I don't know if love could be food and food could be love, but if that were the case, those wings are love. I think like, they're on the happy hour too, right? They're, on, they, happy they're on happy hour too. Yeah. So like, if you go at an appropriate time, which is happy hour time, and mm-hmm. you go to Citizen Six Cider Flight, maybe a shot or two, depending on how <laughs> you're feeling. Yeah. But you definitely need the wings. Okay. Point All blank. Right. Period. We're going there. Perfect. Where else are we going? Um. I don't. Definitely Citizen Six Cider. Like, that's that's literally, like, my go-to in Paseos in Fremont. Okay. Like, a little Cuban-Caribbean sandwich have you, spot. Have you done UnBN? Because that was, like, I the have. original. So, I you have. like Paseos over UnBN? That's, that's, it's such a Seattle it's, debate. It so. is. It's, like, so I went to Paseos first, where I didn't know that UnBN was, like, the original joint. Right. And then I went to UnBN second. So, then... I took my best friend to both, mm-hmm. and I had her pick. And she's, she said, hand down Paseos. But she doesn't understand okay. the debate. Yeah, yeah. So she's just going straight off a of taste. Okay. So she likes Paseos. All right. Hey. So, I mean, I was just like, all right, well, that's where we're at. And every time she comes, she's like, we need to go to Fremont. We Perfect. need to go to Paseos. And I'm like, bet. Let's do it. If you go to Paseos or MBN, I highly recommend the scallop sandwich. I have never. People always go for the Caribbean I pork do. roast. I do. I get the But I always, but, but I, the, the scallops, scallops and you get it spicy like at a four or or, th- or three or four. It's really good. A five would sandwich. five usually kills me. So I'm just like a three or four is like really good if you want that. Huh. So I've never tried it, but yeah. I mean I'll try everything at least once except for hardcore drugs. So okay. that's where we're at. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good place to end the show. <laughs> so where can we find you on social media? Okay, um, social media fork deep, fork like deep. like literally a fork. Like deep into some type of something. I love that name. And not in the nasty way, although mm-hmm. it, it kind of goes. I thought it was kind of funny. Good play on words. So forkdeep.com, I do like reviews of restaurants that I go to and like random recipes that I like um, to create at home and then just random experiences. I'll write about it there or at forkdeep on Instagram. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see you. Perfect. Follow me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Koza. This was so much fun. I. So excited. I love this. I love our conversations. <laughs> just like, she's got such a great personality. It's like, okay, this is going to be such a fun interview. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and end from there. And it's a little bit longer, but I think it was worth it. Sorry, so, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that was our episode with Fork Deep. Follow her on Instagram. Guys, this is six episodes of the Seattle Foodie Podcast. I can't believe we are still doing this. I'm so happy and I'm so thankful. And to all you listeners, thank you so much for listening. Monica, where can they find us on social media? Our listeners can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. And I have to say, Nelson, Kosa, the first time I met Kosa was actually last week. We've only just interacted online. That's a great interview and like everything Everything in that interview is is all her and more. Um, she's hilarious. She's super fun. And she certainly knows her food. I want to also just, you know, like Nelson said, thank you all so much for listening. Um, you know, we run into people around town. And even last week, people are just saying, you know, 
they're big fans and they've listened to every episode and that really makes it all worth it. So thank you all very much. Thank you again. Don't forget, if you guys love listening to these episodes, please subscribe as well as leave a five-star review so we can bump up the listening ship up to up on iTunes. That being said, I think we're all done. Thank you, Seattle, and happy eating. Bye.